over a span of 2,000 years, 40 authors on three different continents and in three different languages penned 66 books, all of which were supernaturally inspired and intricately designed as God's revelation to man. The spoken word of God, living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword, recorded and bound just for us. Join us on a journey from Genesis to Revelation, all 66 books, the big book, cover to cover. This is Michael Easley in Context. Welcome to our ongoing study, the big book, cover to cover. As you've heard me reference many times to this series, there are a set of notes available to you by Dr. Tom Constable. And if you search the name Constable and expository notes, it will take you to the Plano Bible Chapel link, among others. And every book of the Bible, there's a link you can click and you will get all of Dr. Constable's notes free of charge. You can download them on a PDF and print them off your computer. And what Dr. Constable has done for you and me is he has taken the aggregate of so many good commentaries and quotes and outlines and synthesis to put it in a simple uh, uh, form. Uh, One of my goals for the big book cover-to-cover study was, number one, uh, personal. I needed to review and rethink how I am teaching the Bible and my personal study. And I've been encouraged beyond measure learning things and the stepping back and going, there's so many good resources out there available that do this already, Michael. Why would you do this again? And so it's forced me to ask some hard questions. Why do we need another overview of the Bible? So for my part, what I've been trying to do is emphasize some of the things that maybe are key to a book or are not necessarily addressed as you've listened to the podcast. So today on the program, I'm thrilled to have Dr. Constable here and to answer some of my questions and to talk about the creation of these outlines. Dr. Constable served as a professor at Dallas Seminary for 45 years, teaching thousands of young men and women in the Bible Exposition Department. He also founded Plano Bible Chapel. He served there as the pastor for 12 years and continues on as an elder and a teacher, and a frequent pulpit speaker there and around the country. Dr. Constable has written commentaries on every book of the Bible, and that continues to be a ministry to people like me who are pastors and other Bible students and Bible uh, small group leaders. It's a free resource. And by the way, you can purchase it in many forms as a paperback, or if you use some Bible study programs, you might search around and see if your program has Dr. Constable's notes available to integrate with your software. But the best part about going to the source at the Plano uh, landing spot is that they're updated. And so Dr. Constable continues to refine and update those. So, Tom, it's great to have you on In Context. Thanks for being here. You bet. Thank you, Mike. So let's go back. Um, You you started this project. Was this something uh, for a personal study on your own, teaching as a pastor? Why did you start assembling these notes? Well, I started teaching in the Bible Exposition Department at Dallas in 1980, and uh, my goal was to teach all the books of the Bible there, and uh, I was able to do that by God's grace several times, 
So I ended up writing notes on all the books of the Bible. And as people became aware of it and wanted access to it, uh, I became more and more aware that, yes, uh, a lot of people were interested in this. So I, it encouraged me to keep going. Your your research, though, is pretty extensive. And as a, a pastor, you know, for most of almost 40 years now, I've had a little hiatus not being in a pulpit. But, um, you know, the hours uh, back when we had textbooks as opposed to software, it takes lots of time. You've got to be a bookworm and disciplined and sit in the chair and read and take notes and synthesize it. Uh, did you have like a wiring to do that? Well, that's interesting. How It's really a gift from God that uh, I'm able to read as much as I do. Uh, because when I was a young man um, in high school, for instance, I wasn't interested in reading at all. And uh, it was only when I got into Bible study that I began developing an interest in reading commentaries and Bible study helps of various kinds. And I think uh, the Lord just gave me that as a gift. Well, a lot of us on the receiving side are glad you have the gift. And uh, sometimes when I'm in a bit of a crunch, I, I always tell people there are certain commentaries I don't look at first. If I look at Derek Kidner or Tom Constable, I just want to rip it all off and cheat. <laughs> so you got to do some spade work on your own before you cut to the chase. But the thing that I appreciate is the what you and I call support or ancillary material that you might come across that's way out of you know normal bandwidth of a Bible student or a BSF or preceptor. They're not going to have some of the anecdotal information, some of the great quotes you come across. So that's why I'm you know continually encouraging uh, our little church, Stonebridge Bible Church, to say, go look at these outlines, print them off when you read your Bible. And uh, we've had a lot of a, a great um, response. But let, let me let me change gears a little bit, Tom. So, number one, what's your assessment of uh, the Bible Church, Evangelical Church, teaching in America, and are they teaching the Bible? Well, this is just my personal opinion. Of course, I'm not an authority in this area, but uh, it seems to me that Christians generally are not really that familiar with all of Scripture. So I conclude that uh, they are not being taught this in the uh, in their churches, and they're not studying it on their own to the extent that I think it would be helpful for them to do that. Uh, studies have been done about the uh, biblical illiteracy that now characterizes American culture. Um, I see it in my church, as you do in yours, that Kids come to Awana and uh, Sunday school, and they have no idea who David is or who Jesus is or who Adam was. It's just not part of our culture anymore. They, these things are not general knowledge. So um, there's a, a dearth of this in the church today. And even among Christians who have been there a long time, I think it's uh, sometimes rather startling uh, when they make comments that reveal that they really haven't even read through the Bible or they're unfamiliar with uh, all of it or even important parts of it. Do, do you think, and you know, you and I have a dear friend and prof, and 
with the Lord now, uh, Dr. Hendricks, he made the comment that every incoming class, he saw a drop in biblical literacy. And uh, the law of diminishing returns after he taught, what, 62 or 63 years? I guess that meant there was a negative aggregate <laughs> for incoming classes. But, uh, I mean, I know there's no, like, the issue we could point the blame to, and I'm not asking that, but what do you think contributed or contributes to the fact that people are not reading Scripture, are not interested in it, don't want to do the work? Well, I think a couple of factors come to mind. One is the uh, view that has become so widespread throughout the world that the Scriptures are full of errors and that they have been disproven by scientific discoveries and um, by other discoveries. So people don't respect the Bible. They don't have confidence that what they're reading is reliable. And um, I think that's a major influence. The other thing is that uh, because they have that background, when problems arise in their personal lives, they tend to get angry with God because they don't know God. They don't know what God is doing, and so they turn their backs on God. And if they're going to turn their back on God, they're not going to be interested in what he has to say. So they abandon Scripture. I find it striking how many people have told me over the years, whether it's uh, you know allegedly a Christian or just a person I'm trying to be a friend to, and they will say something to the effect of, well, I could never love a God that... You know, yeah. fill in the blank, that lets evil, that lets AIDS occur, that lets war, that lets one person be president or whatever. And, you know, I've tried to be diplomatic, which I'm not very, and say, so what you're telling me is you've just created God in your image. Yeah. Because right. when you say, I can't believe in a God who, you've revealed two things. You've revealed you don't know the God of the scripture or you don't know him well and you've exposed, you think you know better. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Not very diplomatic, but... <laughs> that's the truth. But it's yeah. hard. And, and the other thing, I want, I, I want your uh, take on this, and I don't know, Plano may not have this issue, but the, I love technology. I, I'm, I'm looking at three devices as you and I are talking, actually four, including the audio tech. Uh, we're not even using tablets we're using our phones for everything they're reading the bible on their phone and i'm going what's happened between just the content of holding a book in your hand the aesthetic value the the kinesthetic of marking your bible taking notes taking notes on a piece of paper have you given thought to that and how that affects people well some yes i, I think there are fewer readers than there used to be and uh, that, of course, impacts Bible reading. But uh, the Bible is still available on all kinds of electronic media, and I don't think there's any excuse for ignoring it. If uh, if people will download it uh, or just view it on, on their device, it's there. It's the same Bible. So uh, whether you read it electronically or on a page, uh, it doesn't make much difference. I, I have a good friend that says every time he sits down with a book, he falls asleep. Yeah. Well, uh, that, that's the way some people are, and that's fine. But uh, he handles electronic media 
fine. So he needs to read his Bible on his tablet (laughs) (laughs) or his phone. Well, and I would say, well, maybe you shouldn't sit in the comfy chair at 10 o'clock at night to read your Bible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe sit in a, a stiff back chair at the kitchen table in the morning. <laughs> but I, I do think, uh, I, you know, these little factoids run together, but I saw something at the bottom of a, may have been USA Today, but it talked about, you know, literacy and reading. And um, I remember when I was with the Moody Bible Institute asking our Moody Press Okay, we produce all these books, we sell these Bibles. Do people read them? You know, just because we sell a book or they down do they read and of course there's no way to measure that unless someone I guess they, you know, subscribe to a reading program that you could follow. And you know, you and I both came from a, a master's level background where it was academic and you had to read uh, and it was part of the joy of it as well, but also some was laborious. But not, you know, I tell people, going to college, you're paying someone to make you do what you would not do on your own, yeah, right? Right. And, yeah. and all the more in engineering or medicine or theology. But it, there seems to be, uh, and again, I don't know, I'm not, a, at your point, an authority on it, but just the trend seems to be very brief snippet reading as opposed to I'm going to sit with my Bible for a half hour and an hour and read and take some notes and pray and ask some questions in the margin of my Bible and maybe share it with a friend next time I have coffee. What do you think about this verse, you know? And when I do that in my own traffic and world experience, it's always an easy conversation. I was reading in Psalm 51, and, you know, I never saw this before. Have you noticed that? And it's amazing how easy it is. And I'm talking about friends that I know, not some <laughs> perfect stranger. But um, it just seems to be we lead in a way perhaps that's imperceptible, but we don't realize how powerful it is just to bring up the fact, hey, I was reading this morning in Isaiah, and I noticed something I had never seen before. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what you're doing in uh, your present series is very important to uh, take a synopsis of each of the books of the Bible so that people get a bird's eye view of it. And having that, I think, encourages people to go back to it to find out more of the detail. Um, when you look across the church, how would you encourage us to uh, you know, reinvigorate interest in Scripture? Well, I think it goes back beyond... Uh, whether we like to read books or not. What it really involves is the fact that God, who created the universe, has revealed himself. He has spoken. And if he has spoken, we need to know what he has said. And what he has said is is scripture. It's, It's in the Bible. And so we ought to get into it for that reason. Every word of God that God has spoken is important. And um, therefore, we need to pay attention to what he has said. He hasn't said things just uh, because he likes to talk, like some people. <laughs> but uh, ouch, ouch. <laughs> everything he has said is important. And that should drive our interest in Bible study, I think, to find out what he said, to understand it, and to respond accordingly. 
when we uh, talk about prayer and how most Christians struggle with, you know, I don't pray enough, I don't know how to pray, prayer is boring, etc. I, I often, you know, again, depending on relationship and context, I say, you know, prayer is a relationship, not a religion. Mm-hmm. And prayer is speaking to the God of the universe. And the only language I know how to speak to him in is not the repetitions that I always say, but it's what the word tells me about him. And we've got these great psalms and songs and discourses and little segments of, you know, Pauline prayers that are so, uh, they, they, they make my prayer look like an ABC primer versus these men and women who wrote scripture who are talking to the God of the universe. And to me, that's invigorating is that, okay, this is how I communicate with this person I can't see or touch or, you know, have a cup of coffee with. And uh, I, I love your, your motivation, uh, you know, for the, you know, God's word, God's spirit, and God's people has always been my sort of repetition. We know God through his word. We understand God through his spirit. And we uh, are sharpened and shaped and discipled by God's people, God's word, God's spirit, God's people. And it just seems almost a broken record task today to encourage people to get into the word for the very reason you so eloquently described to know the God of the universe. All right. So final comment. Some of our friends who are listening to the podcast and they, they love hearing uh, encouragement and recommendations. Uh, how would you encourage them to uh, not just get their nose in the book and read it, but how would you encourage them in their walk and their knowing the word and their knowing Christ? Well, I think if they'll just read the Bible more, they'll find that uh, their lives will be tremendously enriched. Uh, There's an awful lot of Christian literature out there, and I find that Christian people are reading um, hot writers, hot authors, and that's fine, but uh, I think we need to read more of the Bible itself. And uh, when I've done that, it has changed my life more than anything else. Uh, more than any other one book. When people ask me what my favorite book is, I say it's the Bible, because uh, that's the life-changing Word of God that He uses by His Spirit to uh, make us more like His Son. Dr. Tom Constable, he is the founding pastor of the Plano Bible Chapel, author of Dr. Constable's Bible Study Notes, We'll put them in the show notes as well, easily accessible. I cannot encourage you enough to go download. Start with your favorite book of the Bible. Maybe it's the Gospel of John or the Book of Ruth or the Psalms, and you will learn uh, great insights, great synthesis. And again, just to underscore what we've been talking about, one of the challenges for many people who study Scripture is the big picture. How do I get the synthesis? We get lost in the details or the hard passages or the genealogies. And Dr. Constable's notes will help you get a big picture, think through a grid, time, date, author, outline, main ideas. And then he will walk you through uh, chapter by chapter, a very good synthesis of sometimes passages that are hard for us to keep our arms around. So, Tom, thanks for your love for the Lord, for your love for his word. Uh, for your encouragement for students like me, and just appreciate your ongoing ministry, brother. Thank you, Mike. God bless. Michael Easley in Context is fully funded from donations by our listeners. 
If you're a regular listener, would you consider giving a one-time or perhaps monthly donation on our website? You can find us on michaelincontext.com. In Context is engineered by Chad Cates, produced by Hannah Seymour, and music composed by Tycho, Chad Cates, and Blair Masters.